coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We are, in fact, the DLF Family Podcast. Welcome back to the Crossroads, where we like to talk about one player at a time from both from both a film and a metrics point of view. Here in the off season, we've been varying it up a bit, varying it up a bit, as I've been saying. And this week, we're going to continue that trend uh, by talking about a rookie mock draft that Jake actually set up all by himself. So I'm going to step aside and let him explain the premise of the rookie mock, um, and then we're going to get into talking about how it went. So, Jake, how are sure. you doing? No, everything is good, man. It, it is Masters week, and I am I'm all here for it. So, like, that's my highlight of the week. Um, love this week. Love this. I mean, it's the best tournament of the year, so... Uh, I know that not everyone enjoys watching golf, and I understand that. But for me, this is a big week. I, I love it. And then we have the draft in two weeks. So it's just such an awesome time of year. But just getting into this mock. So I all right. So I was on Twitter, and I saw Dane Brugler, who's an NFL draft analyst for The Athletic. He posted a seven-round NFL mock draft. He's one of the most respected guys you know, that's on draft Twitter. So I was reading through it, and then – I don't think this is a new idea. I'm sure people have done it before, at least something similar. Um, you know, it's rookie mock season for Dynasty Leagues. Like, we're doing all these mock drafts, and I can't get enough of them. I think they're just really fun. So I was thinking, you know, why don't we do a simulation as if this is the real NFL draft? And why don't we try to do a mock draft that's based entirely off of these landing spots? So we've done our evaluations. We kind of have our rankings set for the most part, until the NFL draft comes up. So let's just pretend in this situation that this is the NFL draft. These are the results that we have to live with, regardless of what landing spots we like or we don't like or we agree on or don't agree on. We're going to roll with this. So let's do a 12-team, super flex, tight end premium, PPR, rookie mock draft uh, with 12 guys. So I threw that out to one of our fantasy chats, and, you know, we got it together pretty quickly. So um, we started this a couple of days ago. We are just beginning round five. So we are trying to pull out five rounds, which we are realizing that the fifth round is probably going to be pretty damn ugly. But, uh, yeah, that's where it came from. Um, as soon as I saw it, I just thought it would be a fun little exercise. So thank you for participating. Thank you for everyone that, um, you know, stepped up to the plate and helped us out with this because, 
you know, we needed participation. So thank you. Thank you, all of you. Uh, hopefully you were following on Twitter if you didn't. And if you haven't heard about it, then we'll be talking about it plenty tonight. Yeah, and just once again, you can go and look at the results by typing in hashtag simulation rookie mock in Twitter. We'll also post all the names of everyone that took part along with the hashtag um, when we post the episode, so you should be able to find it pretty easy. And we actually had pretty uh, good cast of characters. I think a, a big variation in uh, everyone's process. A lot of film guys, a few analytics guys in there. There's a few. Uh, yeah, it was a really good mix. Some really good people took part in it and are still taking part in it. So, um, and, and I like the idea because it really hemmed us in. Um, we were also not allowed just to explain most of my draft. Uh, we weren't able to take undrafted free agents, people who were undrafted based on this um, uh, this mock draft, at least. Um, that pretty much meant I was done with this draft mid-round two, and I'd only had one pick. Like, there was no one else I wanted. I was good. Yeah, I, I think that's what could happen, too. I mean, I think the Dynasty Dummies did a really good job a couple weeks ago of talking about landing spots for these running backs, and there there really aren't many that have open, like, feature-back roles for these rookies. So, um, one, it's a weaker class, and two, there's not. And because of that lack of high-end talent, uh, these running backs could certainly fall to second, third round, even the, the best of the best. So, there's... You know, when once they fall to round three, round four, um, that's when some of these teams with, you know, good feature back type of running backs, you know, kind of can say, you know what, we're going to take this value here and take this running back as, you know, part of a committee. And um, like I said, the Dynasty Dummies talked about that a lot. Kylan and Zach, who are, are good friends of ours. And, um, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's going to make a lot of fantasy and dynasty fans uh, not very happy, but this is this is you know definitely in the the realm of possibility. It was a good exercise to go through, at least. Like I say, everyone everyone is able to just insert the little get out of jail free card right. at the moment. No matter what you say, you can say you know dependent on the draft and then when that guy goes undrafted yeah. you have like a built-in excuse and remember that it's superflex we're drafting as if it was for a superflex league and this so the first five picks um were kyla murray in a superflex he went to the arizona cardinals based on this mark which you know a lot of people are seeming to take as almost guaranteed at this point and um, i don't know how guaranteed it is but it's uh, a lot of people believe it uh, a little bit of a surprise at number two. A.J. Brown went to the Indianapolis Colts, and so he was dra- drafted second overall um, by Kyle Holden. Um, number three was Josh Jacobs, and I really think he got the best landing spot um, out of the running backs from this mark. And he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and so he was taken third overall. Fourth, big surprise for me, uh, although it shouldn't be because I know a lot of people like him. Um, but Paris Campbell, drafted by the Green Bay Packers, according to this mark, don't like if you're listening to this <laughs> in the future, don't be like that wasn't where Paris Campbell went. That th- yeah, just go back and listen to the intro, man. Um, but he was selected number four, I guess, based mostly off of uh, and um, that landing spot. Um, number five, Andy Isabella was drafted in the second round by the Kansas City Chiefs, and so he was selected number five overall, going ahead um, of at least 
one other that I see, maybe two other first-round wide receivers. I think Isabella should have been one or two with that landing spot, so I even think that's a little lower. But uh, what do you notice out of these first five picks and their landing spots? I didn't mention the draft round, so you might have to do that. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, Kyler went 101, right? Uh, 102. 102 was A.J. Brown. He went 26 overall to the Colts, like you mentioned. Uh, 103 was Josh Jacobs. He went in the early second round, 39th overall to the Bucks. 104 was Paris Campbell to the Green Bay Packers. He went 30th overall, so he snuck into the first round there. And then 105, uh, Andy Isabella went in the second round, 61st overall. So, I mean, I think it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy, right? Um, Campbell's, you know, never really being mocked anywhere close to that high you know he might slide into the late first same thing with Andy Isabella I mean that's quite a big jump for him too I'm a fan of his but um me personally I don't know if I'd have him quite that high I think 102 in your estimations a little bit high higher than I would like but um certainly interesting I mean I think you know if they take Isabella I think that says something about Tyreek Hill um I think that's just a huge question mark, you know, because if Tyreek Hill is there, then I think Andy Isabella doesn't have nearly that big of a a jump in value. Now, if Tyreek Hill leaves and Andy Isabella kind of fulfills that deep threat role with Patrick Mahomes, then that's super juicy. And then then I would maybe understand taking him in the first half of a rookie draft, uh, first round of a a rookie draft. So, um, you know, super interesting. I mean, but – I think what we get stuck on is, especially with our favorite players, is all these guys are going to fall into our ideal landing spots. And then the NFL draft comes, and it's not like that at all. And you will see, <laughs> you will see risers like this. I mean, this is this is definitely possible of it playing out somewhat similar to this. Now, different landing spots, maybe different players landing in those landing spots, but I mean. This is what can happen, and it's. I think it's super interesting. Yeah, what stands out to me, uh, one of the things, is Isabella, like you said. If this was the way the draft played out, right now Isabella is my second favorite production profile, so technically ranked second, but without draft capital, ranks are kind of, yeah, whatever. Um, but even drafted in the second round, I think I would have a hard time moving him out. The only thing that occurs to me is that I would probably still have, and we're going to talk about him later, I'd probably still have Harry number one, A.J. Brown going to the Colts in the first round would probably put him at close to number one, probably number two as a wide receiver. And then it would be Andy Isabella. So I would have a slightly different order. And those three would be, you know, locked in as top four picks for me if this is the way the the draft played out. Yeah, I think the I think the main thing out of this is that we're we kind of quickly learned that Indianapolis and Green Bay and, and we knew it all along. But we just, it really confirmed that those landing spots are just going to be a huge value bump for whatever receivers land there in the first two rounds. Yeah, they're ones that you're definitely paying attention to. Um, I want to know about this Josh Jacobs pick for you. Like, would he rise higher than this for you? Would he be the first pick or the second pick? I mean, he went to Tampa Bay. That's like early second round. He would be locked into that 102 for me. I think he would, I think he'd be in the conversation for the 101 even. Um, I don't know if I'd take him there or not, um, but yeah, I don't think I'd let him fall out of that 102, personally. Yeah, I probably wouldn't, <laughs> but uh, like I say, it'd be those wide receivers, mm-hmm. uh, those landing spots seem pretty juicy to me. Um, but following on from there, um, 
At one yeah, six. yeah, we can move forward. Yeah, yeah, we got plenty of other players to talk about. Well, the next guy is, you know, another first-round wide receiver who I thought would have vaulted up your board pretty high, actually. And um, some guy, <laughs> Ack Anderson, took him instead. Um, that could be a spelling mistake, I don't know. Um, but uh, 106, DK Metcalf, drafted by the Washington Redskins at 15 overall in the first round. He went 106, followed by Hakeem B- Butler. Uh, at 107, drafted by the Carolina Panthers to the second round, which would just about drop him uh, towards the bottom, like, top 10. Um, and he's actually number one in DLS rookie ADP uh, for this month, the month of April. So that w- that would be a killer for me, because I would still, like, uh, I would see him fitting behind it. DJ Moore, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and, you know, whatever, Ian Thomas, maybe. I don't care. I, don't, I wouldn't see a lot of volume potential for him there, but it'd be interesting to see what you say about that. Uh, 1.08, um, we get our second quarterback off the board, Dwayne Haskins, drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals at 111. So DTC Riley really sees the end of days coming for um, Andy Dalton pretty soon, I guess, because um, he took him at 108 overall. And it is a super flex, to be fair. Uh, 109, Debo Samuel to the New Orleans Saints in the second round. Then we get uh, the 101 right now, Nikhil Harry, who went to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round. Uh, I think that was Zinger, wasn't it? That was Zinger, that was our, yep. That was our man, F.S. Zinger. Yep. Um, 111, uh, John Williams took Noah Fant, who was drafted by the Oakland Raiders in the first round at pick 24. So a pretty high draft pick for a tight end, to be fair. And I think this was... Was this tight end premium? This is tight end premium, yep. So that makes a lot of sense. And those two tight ends have been mocked at the end of the first round before a good landing spot. And the Raiders isn't a terrible one, maybe. And then finally, um, the best pick, obviously, in round one. Uh, one twelve overall. I replaced someone because I was not in this mock. No one wanted me in this mock. Um, but I guess someone bowed out, uh, and I was invited in. Um, and at 112, I took Drew Locke. He was actually the second quarterback off the board at 110 um, to the Denver Broncos. And I took Drew Locke at 112. So anyone there stick out to you? Uh, I think the story here is Nikhil Harry falling to 110. Um, that landing spot was not good. It's not ideal. Uh, early second round is good for him. I think that's kind of where he's going to go in that early second round. That's where I see him. Um, you know, early day two pick. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of his, but I did not love the Redskins landing spot. <laughs> I was not super pumped. Um, I don't know if he would have gotten to 106. I mean, you never know if he would have had a better landing spot, but um, it was mostly, you know, it was Harry or DK there for me. Both had not great landing spots, so I took my wide receiver one. Uh, like you said, I think Hakeem Butler at 107 drafted in the you know mid-second round by the Panthers wasn't a great. I would say it's better, is probably better, but I don't even know if it was. What do you think about, I don't think that's really necessarily a better landing spot. It's a better offense, but... Like you mentioned, DJ Moore is there. He's going to be the wide receiver one. I would imagine some people would think Hakeem Butler would become the wide receiver one if that happened. I don't necessarily see that happening, but I think you know seeing Hakeem Butler at 107 um, in a super flex draft where he you know maybe fell a little bit farther than the hype is coming around. And you also mentioned he's the wide receiver one in DLF ADP. 
So I think that probably holds him in that kind of situation there. But, you know, Butler ahead of Harry, uh, that's a little bit surprising. Haskins at 108 is kind of just like a value pick, and I would say that was the same thing with uh, Drew Locke for you at 112. Um, I'm not a big fan of necessarily either of theirs, but in a super flex league, a guy that's drafted in the top 11 picks, uh, that's not a bad pick. You know, that's not a bad value there. Um, you know, Cody Kutzer took Debo Samuel at 109. I think that's super intriguing. I, I know I'm a little bit higher on Debo than you are, but getting taken by the Saints in the second round. Um, I know you're a huge Traquan Smith fan, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I would probably, I actually like Debo probably a hair more than Traquan. I know that's not your case there. But, you know, Zinger getting Harry at 110 was probably the steal of the first round just because, you know, that, that selection's so far down. Um, you know, and then I'm also a little bit surprised that, honestly, the tight ends fell as far as they did, you know, because they're both pretty good landing spots. I mean, we saw Jared Cook, what he did in that Oakland offense last year. Um, you know, Noah Fant getting taken in the 24th pick overall. Um, and, you know, we'll get on to that next tight end group, you know, it was funny we were talking before we recorded these tight ends had about as good a landing spots as any position group so um yeah it's just it's just so funny to see how landing spots and draft capital can affect these guys value so much and i honestly don't think they should be affected as much as they were what are your thoughts on that all right so first off i'm going to start with the one-on-one and that's Nikhil harry um let's begin with the fact that if he goes in the second round then no one else would really go in the first round or the nfl has lost its freaking mind and the nfl has made some questionable decisions but i think this mock is really honestly seriously disrespecting harry by putting him in the second round early second round or not but even if it happened he would still be my wide receiver one that i don't really this mock is live tilting with this with this draft i think like there's no reason harry should have fallen that far i mean i know aj brown's got a good landing spot and i like him a lot but ty horton's still there there's plenty of reason to suspect he's not going to step into the wide receiver one role um i like him but like it's not such a great landing spot in terms of volume that i would you know do you see that as like a calvin ridley calvin ridley type of landing spot from last year very much so. If A.J. Brown went there, he would be stuck as a two, and that's yeah. what the team has drafted him to do. They're not looking to move on from Hilton anytime soon. And don't you so... think that Calvin really didn't really get a bump from that landing spot? You know, he kind of stayed where he was. He was a late first-round guy. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember him going high in there. I don't think, I don't think, I think he was like a 110, you know, between, you know, 109, 108, 110, well, that was range. one of my comments on him after the draft, though. He's always going to be the two to Julio as long as Julio's there, and Julio's going to be there at least three years. So, I mean, um, yeah, you can make a similar argument there. The thing about Brown is he's very borderline for me. I can go one way or the other. Landing spot is good enough that I therefore put him in the I want him category for sure. Right, right. But if Harry's going later, I'm trading back. Sure. Like back sure. hard. And, you know, I picked at 12. I was really just locked into Drew Locke. By, by that point, that's a value pick. You'd just be insane to miss. And I, yeah. I didn't want to be too crazy for the sake of the mock draft. So I just took Locke. But if I was in that spot and it's 1.10 and no one's taken Harry yet, I'd be, like, giving up my house. Like, hey, Zinger, <laughs> what, do you, what do you need? It's two spots, man. It's two spots. Come get Noah Fan. Come I on. don't think he would have been traded <laughs> down, though. I think... I, I, I think he wouldn't have either. I think but Zinger I would have was been, pretty pumped. 
Now, question for you. Question for you. If if let's say uh, Nikhil does go in the second round to the Jaguars, is he still your one hundred and one, or would you take Kyler Murray there? That would probably lean me that in a super flex. That would definitely lean me toward Kyler Murray. Okay. But still, if I've got three, like I've got one league where I've got like Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, and Mitchell Trubisky. Like I mm-hmm. don't wouldn't mind another young QB. And um, but if he's gone to the Cardinals and there's some questions there, like eh, no, uh, I might, I might, <laughs> I might still lean Harry there. Yeah. Um, if this played out, I, I just really like that guy. But again. If this is what ADP was kind of showing us that Harry has fallen, I, I wouldn't at all. I'd be trying to trade back. Like, I'm not insane. Right. <laughs> but uh, I don't think the Jaguars are that bad a landing spot. I mean, Bortles is not there. Uh, right. If, that, if you're doing it by QB, Nick Foles isn't worse than Bortles. Sure. <laughs> um, really, uh, in a realistic way. There's plenty of volume there. For Nets recently been in the news. The team might be stuck for its, you know, dominant rushing style. Who knows? You, you can definitely make an argument for it, but... If this is the way it was playing out, yeah. And what are your What are your thoughts on on Debo going in the second round to the Saints? I kind of forget about Debo. He's fine. I think we've talked about him before, but like I'm not excited to go after like the Sterling Shepherd of this draft, and that's sure. kind of what Debo is for me. So he's I someone I might that. fall into, but I can't see me spending the first round pick on that with these type of landing spots available. That's fair. Um, might even take the upside. I would take the upside of um, Metcalf, obviously, and maybe even Butler if these were the landing spots. Um, the other one you mentioned was Hakeem Butler. Uh, and I already said what I thought about him, so I'm not going back to that. Um, yeah, why don't we why don't we move it along? Let's let's go into the second round. I'll list off about the first six picks, and we'll talk about those. Um, Clint Fowell took. Uh, the second tight end off the board, which I thought it was a nice value here. Um, TJ Hawkinson went 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know Vance McDonald is there, but that'd be definitely an intriguing landing spot. We don't know how much longer Big Ben is there, but um, again, as far as these other landing spots, that was a pretty good one. Uh, with the 202, Kyle Holden took Damian Harris, uh, running back out of Alabama. He went in the third round to the Dolphins. I'd be interested to see what you say about that. I know I'm quite a bit lower on Damian Harris than a lot of people are. Uh, at 203, Dwight Peebles took Irv Smith, tight end out of Alabama. He went to the Patriots in the second round with the 56th overall pick. So that's the third tight end off the board. Uh, 203, uh, Matt Price took Darrell Henderson, running back out of Memphis. Um, Henderson went third round to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which would be much more intriguing now after the Leonard Fournette news. Um, pu- 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 who went 204? Um, I've got Daryl Henderson going 204. Yeah, Darrell Henderson was actually the 204. That was a misprint by Matt. I think he changed that and, and deleted that original post. Right, right. Um, that's so right. 204 was Darrell Henderson to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 205 was Kelvin Harmon. He went in the third round to the Titans with the 82nd overall pick. And then to finish off the first half of the second round, I took Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He was taken by the 49ers in the second round with the 36th overall pick. Yeah, Hawkinson going to the Pittsburgh Steelers might finally invest some actual realistic 
uh, I hope, uh, like we've been talking about how there might be targets for a tight end in that offense um, for pretty much as long as I've been playing fantasy. And it's never really come to fruition. There's a lot of Vance McDonald hype right now. He's So Hawkinson will be someone I'm interested in. Um, getting him in at the start of the second round means it pretty much confirms me that that's going to be the tight end I would get the most of because I'd rather draft the guy going in the second round than in the first round. It's just easier to hold on to them for as long as you need to. Um, and there's really not much to separate Fant and Hawkinson in the way I look at tight ends. So, I, yeah, I like that uh, value pick there um, in terms of our rookie draft, and I really like the landing spot. The uh, Earl Smith going to the Patriots is pretty much going to guarantee that I get no Earl Smith. <laughs> like, everyone's going to be... Uh, I'm surprised he didn't jump up the board higher. What do you think of that? Wouldn't you think Earl Smith would go a little higher if he was drafted by the Patriots? I don't think... I mean, I wouldn't... I w- I'm probably a little bit lower on Irv Smith than the consensus is. I think there's a top two. Um, you know, I think there was a while where maybe I kind of put him in that group where he might be in the top three, but uh, it, and he still probably is my tight end three, uh, but I'm a little bit lower on him. So the fact that TJ went 201, I wouldn't have been taking Irv Smith with the Patriots over uh, TJ. You know, we talked about, I think last week you mentioned – about you know just talking about uh overvaluing maybe that that tight end position with the patriots it was it was gronk that made that position it wasn't just any tight end because when gronk missed time you know i know a lot of dynasty owners were running to the waiver wires to grab whatever backup there was whatever no name you know uh there are um, a lot of guys a lot of guys, and they never really did anything. Dwayne so, Allen at one point. Right? Yeah, Dwayne Allen. There's, There's been so many of them. Um, so, no, I don't think he should have gone any higher. I think that yeah, was Yeah, I'm definitely right on board spot. with that. I, I just think other people are higher on that idea. Yes, so I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but, but I also think that's about his upside, you know. Yeah, right. No one in this draft fell for it, but I don't know. It, they might have. Um, Harmon, did you end up coming up on Harmon or down on Harmon go to the Titans uh, the third that's, round? that's not a landing spot that I'd be happy about I mean you know I was originally a little bit lower on Harmon um, I've talked recently that you know now that people are lower on him than they were I've actually started to like his value um, but that's not a landing spot that I would really be excited about I mean Corey Davis, who I think is much more talented, struggled to put up much production with like a 30% market share last year. So being the second fiddle in the Titan offense is not very exciting. That being said, you know, 205 is not a bad place, you know, not a bad time to take a shot on him. Yeah, um, as for the running backs, I, I completely agree with that. I'd be really happy to take Harmon in the second round. To, he'd probably be higher than this in the second round for me. I'd be really happy to take him in the mid, but I wouldn't be expecting much behind Corey Davis. Um, and I like Taewon Tyler and some other players there too. Um, as for the running backs here, because that's what I'm really waiting to see, and that's what I was interested in with this mark as well. Like The running backs are really going to be decided by landing spot. And I'm just going to say straight up that um, Damian Harris going in the third round to the Dolphins have really rocketed him, him up here, going pick 202. Really? Oh, no, not for me, not for me, no, no, no. I was like, what? Not for me, like, I... I, I 
don't have Harris ranked right now. Like I, I have very little interest in Harris. This for me just looks like the Dolphins dolphining to right. you know borrow a phrase. Like be like, yeah, and they took Kenyon Drake too. Whatever, <laughs> let someone else do that. Um, but Henderson, on the other hand, is someone who has two top two seasons with twenty receptions or more. So it goes over that Zachary Dynasty dummy uh, threshold there. Who is pretty productive in college. So. Um, especially if more news came out about um, Fournette, or I suspected it could, um, going there behind Fournette could be interesting, especially in the second round. I'd be much more interested in Henderson than Harris in these in this Absolutely. range, at least. No doubt about it. Um, anyone else? Or? Um, I took Hollywood Brown. You sure did. I like him. I mean, I, I understand he's not perfect, but once it gets after that top five-ish wide receivers... Because the thing is, I'm a little bit lower on uh, Hakeem Butler than a lot of people. Not maybe as low as you are, but he's my wide receiver. I think four right now, and I don't, I don't love it there. You know, Kelvin Harmon's my wide receiver five. I don't love it there. Um, I just Hollywood Brown does have a lot of upside. Does he carry risk? Of course, but um, you know, I'm not looking. We've t- we've had this conversation and and mostly mostly basing you know taking some upside on these guys rather than floors is if you're going for a floor pick with these rookie guys you can get a veteran that's you know in a wide receiver three or four range or a running back that's a low-end rb2 high-end rb3 for so cheap you know so I don't want to spend an asset that's this high that just doesn't carry the upside that could be worthy of that pick you know like I don't even care, like, I care, obviously, but, like, the bust potential is not, like, the biggest factor on me. Like, a floor is good in certain situations, but, you know, this time of the draft, I mean, Hollywood Brown was a guy that I was hoping would fall there compared to um, some of the the names I was looking at there. Yeah, I was just happy to have someone fall on that sword, and you were always there for me, Jake. Um <laughs> Like, I don't not like Marquise Brown. I just, let's quantify the upside. Like, I think, um, I really like Kenny Stills, and I'd like him more than Marquise Brown, but I think that's the mold, like, Brown's upside falls into for me. I mean, I might be wrong, obviously. I'm wrong often. But, like, I don't, I don't yeah, but see don't you think Brown that, and you think that what people like about pretty him. juicy? Yeah, but you know, high second round to the 49ers. 49ers have made plenty of questionable moves. Like I'm, I, I'm hoping they're a smart team, and I'm not seeing it. They've certainly done a lot of smart things since um, the new offense took over, and I'm certainly don't think I'm better than them at this game. But like at wide receiver and running back, they seem to be taking a lot of gambles they don't have to. And Bram just he he doesn't have like I don't think. His upside is a consistent wide receiver two. Like I think it's more boom or bust wide receiver three, and not the one that you want. Like so, uh, yeah. I'd... The landing spot there wouldn't be enough for me, especially when Whiteside. Even in Buffalo, I'd probably Ugh. have a little more hope than that. And that, that was. That, I mean, that, that was who, a, that's who comes next. That was also like my main point here is all the guys taken after Hollywood. Were oh yeah, guys I agree with I that. Was not interested in at all. So like, he's he's at that point of the draft when, you know, he's at kind of an end of a tier for me, like wide receiver seven. You know, and I I when I was on with Pat Fitz, Fitzmorris, um, his podcast, I talked about you know like Hollywood Brown, Debo Samuel, and uh, Isabella kind of being in a tier for me after the top five. 
and landing spot dependent could you know change that up for me so i got you know hollywood brown after um like way after isabella which i do like yeah i would say he definitely had a better landing spot um but you know debo had a really good landing spot too but i think the you know the discount you're getting there at 206 for me i was you know i was plenty happy with taking them there yeah, um, I completely agree with that. Like, the minute Harmon and Henderson went off the board, my interest in everyone left just, like, plummeted. <laughs> like, I was like, I would, I'd be selling my picks. My, yeah. I'd be selling my picks pretty hard. Right. Um, or even soft, or just drafting people to drop them. <laughs> and I honestly started to consider, like, the I started to pop up in the message board, like, hey, um, are we allowed to draft undrafted free agents, maybe? <laughs> because I was starting to consider, like, uh, Keyshawn Johnson wasn't drafted in this mock, yeah. and Ashland Doolin obviously wasn't, because someone that big in the NFL is never going to admit that, you know, Justin Watsons of the world can get fourth-round draft capital because some NFL teams actually look at production. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted no one. Um J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is the player who got taken in our mark at 207. He went to the Buffalo Bills um, in the third round. He was the last one that I had lingering interest in, and even he went long before it got back to me. So, yeah, I don't mind just, like, taking your guy who you can think can fill some sort of role on an NFL team. That makes a lot of sense to me. And with this mark, it really, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what... Uh, Brugler or other people think of these players, but all of the landing spots, all of the draft capital after the, that point, 205, literally what I thought it was saying is none of these players yeah. are going to do anything. Like, like there's no hope. And I thought that was a little harsh, but um, like you say, giving him to San Francisco was, I guess, trying to give him a little upside, but I didn't see it. And to the point that, uh, just to run through the next picks, at 207, um, Whiteside, like I said, went to the Bills in the third round. At 208, um, DTC Riley, Riley Bymaster himself, the legend, um, he took uh, Riley Ridley, who went to the Baltimore Ravens in the third. And you've really got to be on the Riley Ridley bandwagon to take him in the second if he goes to the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, Riley, you know, just stumping for the cause here. He 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 means it, and he means it hard. Bless him. And um, like I I wasn't even mad. I was like, yeah, sure, what that, whatever. Yeah. Take Riley Ridley. I mean, we're gonna be dropping everyone after this, so uh, that's fine. That's fine. And <laughs> um, after that came Devin Singletary, or had some outside interest, but I don't know if you've listened to the latest um, at late round podcast where they brought I on did. someone from Number Fire to talk about running back efficiency in relation to the other running backs on their team. He's someone that stood out as less efficient as the other running backs on his college team, and that just really dropped him in my estimation. Um, but he went to the Texans Which is, the what, is round, probably so, the second-best you know, landing spot for these running backs. It really is, and to me that means, you know, uh, another couple of years reign for Lamar but I, Miller. But I also I, thought that was... <laughs> I would be... I would be shocked if Devin Singletary went that high in the third round. I've I've really dropped on him after listening to that. Um, I'm reading that article on Number Five. It really highlighted some of his trouble. 
And so, yeah, I can see it. I can see you should probably be learning that. Like, um, the guy I ended up taking, um, well, let me keep going in order here. Um, 210, Daniel Jones went to the New York Giants in the first round. And so Zynga took him, which is a pretty smart pick. There's a first-round quarterback still on the board. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even noticed because, you know, who the hell's Daniel Jones, <laughs> frankly. Um, but, you know, that was a fine, you know, take a quarterback why not? Then Jay Sternberger was taken um, uh, 2-11. He went to the Cardinals in the third round as well. Eh, yeah, I'm not... I, I don't mind Sternberger, but like I say, my interest really dropped off after this point. Um, and I think Ricky Seals-Jones still might have more to say in that offense. Um, and that left me at 2-12, and I just took Trayvon Williams, someone who's fairly solid, has had a 20-reception uh, season or two. Um, he went to the Buffalo Bills, though, which kind of, again, nukes my optimism for him. But LaShawn McCoy's efficiency has really struggled in Buffalo. And I think the play is good enough. I'm happy to say that's just him not doing well in Buffalo, maybe. Um, like, I don't think he's too old or anything like some might. But um, he has really been struggling while he's in Buffalo. So uh, I didn't mind taking a late second round shot. Um, when no one else was really that exciting to me. Now, there were there are running backs that I like a lot more in this draft class that um, were still on the board. But like I say, they all went to teams with, like, really dominant running backs. <laughs> that you, It really was hard to see them getting a roll anytime soon. Um, is there anyone in those five, six picks there, though, that you want really. to highlight? Like, are you on board the Riley Ridley bandwagon i think rather rather really is fine but i would need a i would need a decent discount on him especially if he goes to the ravens in the third round um i think third round is probably his peak upside as far as draft capital wise and then you throw him into one of the worst landing spots um even though it is wide open you know there aren't any wide receivers so yeah. Technically, there could be some volume, but that volume, it's such a low passing volume offense that I don't know if I'd be horribly interested. You know, he's more of an intermediate wide receiver. Um, you're hoping for, you're he's, hoping, he's terrible. you're hoping for he volume there and a bunch of catches. And I just, in that situation in particularly, I would not be taking him there. Um, you know, I think Singletary's super intriguing going to the um, Texans. Uh, in the third round again i don't see him going that high in the nfl draft that'd be a surprise uh michael zinger uh you know daniel jones again a first round quarterback at 210 in the super flex i don't like daniel jones but again that's great value there why not right. jay sternberger's my tight end four i really do like him um he didn't test quite as good rsj i think could do some things and you know i, I believe in rsj a little bit last year and he kind of bit me but i think that offense especially if they take kyler could take off as much as i like josh rosen uh, for fantasy purposes i do love the thought of kyler murray and christian kirk though by the way but and then trevion williams yeah right. i think that was a fine pick there you know bills not a great landing spot fourth round not great but again all these guys are just not very intriguing but I think there is a guy that you should have taken, and he went next. Yeah, I, th I thought about it. But in, the <laughs> in the third round, at pick 301, um, Will Greer went after being drafted by the Washington Redskins in the third round. And I see your point. Um, like he's, he's pretty high on my quarterback board, um, and he's still on the board in the third round or the late second round. I can see that pick, but quarterbacks that go in the third round, even behind Alex Smith, like um, the, 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 
I don't know there's a lot of immediate hope there. And since he's fallen already, like his value is obviously pretty not high for this league at least. So, But you're probably right. I probably should have selected Greer. But I was just more interested in running backs in the second round. Um, 302, a running back that's really high on my board right now. But he got <laughs> drafted in this mock um, to the Carolina Panthers in the third <laughs> round. And that pretty much tanked my hope of upside oh, for Miles Sanders. John Galley so, 2.0 yeah, for me. I just... Just had to let him fall, I'm afraid. Then Trey um, Terry, McLaurin. Terry. Who I, uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah. No, Trey. <laughs> uh, let's just call him Trey. We'll never remember. Um, no, I really hope I br- all of these guys make it. They're, they're young guys trying to make a dream come true. So don't let me just say I'm too negative about him. But he went in the third round to the Seahawks, which means he's behind at least five players that can catch a ball that I like better. Um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I see it, especially since he's had first-round buzz. But in this market, it did not come true. And so I think we're counting hype here a little bit too much. But um, what do I know? FF People's Champ is a champ. Uh, they know what they're doing. So they took him at uh, 303. At 305, right? Where 304. 304. 304. Matt, Matt Price. Price took David Montgomery. Again, I'm running back. I'm a lot higher on than most of the players who've gone through the second round. But he went to the Minnesota Vikings in the third round, and that's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he's gonna be, you know, oh. the next great um, uh, John Kelly. Like we think he's good, but yeah, we don't know if we'll ever get to see it. Next up, Justice Hill, who another player I have some deep hope for, but he went in the fifth round, which is pretty late, which isn't a killer, and he went to the Oakland Raiders, so I don't actually, I think that was probably my favorite pick so far since 205, um, 305, Ryan Miller, I think Ryan and um, uh, Mr. Zinger here killed these drafts in, through the first three rounds, by the way, they really, really seem to have made some uh, good choices, or had the right uh, the draft fought on him the right way. And so, yeah, Ryan took Justice Hill, who went to the Raiders in the fifth round. I'm surprised this mock didn't have someone going to them earlier. I mean, it's a team that is willing to do something silly, like invest in a running back, right? And then with a sixth pick, that Ack Anderson feller again took Miles Boykin, um, who are, who is supposedly a wide receiver, um, who got drafted by the New York Giants in the third round. Um yeah, I, I, I've said everything i got to say on these players. I think Justice Hill is a great pick. I think we've got two great players here being stuffed behind better players that we'll, you know, just continue to hope for. But Well, I think we should just keep going um, because I think the I think the main thing here is we'll just keep going and then we'll we'll talk about this round in general. Well, just before we do, um, can we just say, three, do you like yeah, Boykin or is it just, you know, who was there? And the Giants. It was it was it was who was there. Um, I actually think Boykin is going to go higher than I'll be willing to take him because Evan Silva loves him, uh, Josh Norris loves him. like a lot of people are on the Miles Boykin hype train. Um, well, you know Miles Boykin tested like crazy, and I went back and watched his tape because I didn't spend a ton of time on him pre-draft or not pre-draft, but early in the pre-draft season. Um, because he didn't really do much in at Notre Dame, but I just I, I did not, and I know this is what a lot of people have said, and it was my takeaway too. I don't see that athleticism that he produced at the combine on film. 
Um, I think he's kind of just a combine darling. You know, I think he did good for his draft stock. So his his draft capital is definitely going to increase. Um, but I mean, I think Evan Silva took him in the first round of the mock that he did with Ryan McDowell like a week ago, and that's just that's that's way too high for me. Uh, three oh seven, another running back that I'm I really like landed actually in a decent spot, but just in the fifth round. Uh, Tom Burroughs took Rodney Anderson, running back out of Oklahoma. Anderson was taken by the Falcons in the fifth round, and we're both big Freeman fans. But, again, longevity there is a big question mark. Edo Smith didn't do all that great. Um, so that could be a really intriguing pick. I actually kind of wish I would have taken him over Boykin. It was kind of a toss-up there. Um, but, yeah, another running back goes to, you know, later draft capital than we would have liked and the situation isn't great but it's actually compared to these other running backs it was actually really good landing spot um 308 riley bymaster took dawson knox he got drafted by the packers in the third round um i think that's an intriguing pick he was another guy that i thought about really heavily over miles boykin actually there's some players here that i i there was actually a bunch of guys that I kind of wanted at 305, honestly, and I just kind of settled with Boykin. But <coughs> Cody Kutzer at 309 took uh, Emmanuel Hall. Hall got taken in the fourth round by the Steelers. I think that was an intriguing pick there. Uh, Zinger took um, Dexter Williams, running back out of Notre Dame at 310. He was taken by the Eagles in the fourth round. I'm not a big Dexter Williams fan. I actually need to do more work on him. But um, from the limited tape I've seen, I'm not a huge fan of that pick, honestly. Um, John Williams at 311 took McCall Harmon out of Georgia. Harmon was taken by the Patriots in the third third round. And then you finished it off at 312 and took Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Are you okay? I was going to say, you going to die? Or? Uh, no. Uh, Johnson was taken in the fourth round by, it's not listed here. Who who took him? Um, That was me. Um, New England, uh, New, no, New York Jets okay. took him. New York and Jets. Again, okay. that was just, he's got some sort of production profile that isn't they're terrible. And New, I'm interested in the New York Jets. That's what that was about. I like Deontay Johnson actually, I, I don't, quite a bit. Yeah, like I said, I don't mind him. He isn't very high on my board, but with these landing spots, he's he stood out. I would say just quickly, yeah, I still got no interest in all of these players. I, I was kind of thinking of Bryce Love, but not really. But Rodney Anderson and um, Rodney Anderson going uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. I know, uh, or hopefully everyone knows, I really like Devontae Freeman. But that was interesting to me since you said some positive things about Anderson. Yeah, I mean that. Like I, I, I said, he would probably would have been a top three running back if he would have stayed exactly, healthy. Yeah. If he wouldn't have had that knee injury, he's had a bunch of injuries at Oklahoma. Um, I just think he's he's another one of the limited guys that could be a three down back in this league and prototypical size. Um, but can you imagine if Miles Sanders and David Montgomery that seems intentional, in right? He's tied up those two running backs. Everyone's kind of high on just like no. <laughs> You don't get those two. Um, but you can't really take them earlier no. than that either with those landing spots. Like, that's that's the killer. They're going to – I bet most people would still take them in the second round even right. with those landing spots, which is a little bit crazy. But 
man, that that was I think that was the, the whole thing about this whole draft was the running back landing spots were just so god awful. Um, yeah, and I, I will say I'm sounding neutral on the Deontay Johnson, but I was interested, like with the guys that weren't drafted and not being allowed to draft them, it forced me to look at some other players, and um, which was a good process for me. And Deontay Johnson did stand out above everyone that's been the wide receivers that have been drafted above him um, since 2.05. Um, and everyone that was left on the board. So I now have interest in him, and it really confirmed to me that I'm interested in what the New York Jets are going to do. I know, I don't know anyone thinks of them, and it's an exciting team except for me. But um, I'm really interested in what Sam Donald might be able to do with anyone else other than Rodney Anderson, um, who has done Robbie Anderson, Robbie. who has done well. And I don't mean that he's not going to do good things, but I give. Just more weapons on that team could be interesting. And um, once we enter the fourth round, just so everyone's aware of, you know, the, the, the stuff behind the scenes, really it's just all of us um, playing chicken on who's going to snipe Jake. Um, we, all, we all know who it is. <laughs> We're all just biding our time. Um, Jalen Hurd went 4.01, just, you know, teasing Jake a little bit. Um, Raquel Armstead, who actually showed well in terms of efficiency compared to his teammates in college, and based on that article and that episode of Late Round QB, which I really do recommend, went 402. I think that's a bit of a value pick there, running back um, to the Chicago Bears, by the way. Tyree Jackson um, went 403. Again, I think that's more just like giving Jake some hope. Like, oh, oh, they're taking the late round. Never going to happen. <laughs> quarterback hits. I might. I'm like one. I'm one or two picks away. This could happen. And then Matt Price just ends his suffering. Like, I really thought they were going to pull it to the line, but they didn't. At 404, mm-hmm. Alexander Madison went. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Denver Broncos, and it did not matter. He was the pick of this round, and I think we all knew it. Um, followed on by um, someone else taking another quarterback, Ryan Finley, to the New England Patriots. So, you know. I guess the next Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Um, uh, and then Jake Anderson, with a heavy, heavy heart, it seemed like, um, took uh, Darwin Thompson to the New Orleans Saints. Is he someone you have particular interest in? I really like him. Um, he's kind of He kind of reminds me of Boston Scott from last year. Were there any other picks in that group there that just seemed like really good? Um, no? Okay. Um, Josh Oliver went 4.07. <laughs> Um, which I thought was a pretty good tight end pick in a, a tight end premium league. There. Sure. Josh Oliver is someone I have more interest in than um, most on the rarely named list. Um, Bryce Love went to the Dallas Cowboys in the fourth round. He got selected 408 by Riley Biomaster. And, uh, kudos there. I think that's a, a pretty good pick by Riley there. Um, uh, Dylan Mitchell to the Arizona Cardinals in the fifth round went 409. And um, then Zinger's draft just fell off, fell off the wagon here. He was doing so well, and then he took uh, Demarcus Lodge. <laughs> I saw this. I saw this pick coming from seventeen right. miles um, away. Yeah, he he's he's all about that Lodge life. <clears throat> um, but yeah, at four ten, you can't really fold him too much. Um, I will, obviously, I will. And he was he was taken by the Chargers, you know, so I think there's a little bit of opportunity there, you know, to take over the Tyrell. Right, Williams just as role. soon as Mike Williams takes um, over Keenan Allen and um, uh, everyone moves up the depth chart one, <laughs> um, he, sh- he should get yeah. like four targets or something. It'll be great. Um, 
411. <laughs> um, Dax Raymond, another tight end that I keep meaning to look up. I don't have his production numbers, but um, he's got some interesting physicals. Um, he went to the Colts, yeah. and the Colts, as we know, can make any tight end relevant. And I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but like John Williams just seems to have stuck purely... <laughs> Takes he tight ends every stuck round. Stuck with a tight end. He found something that worked for him, and he just kept going. Um, and then I, uh, the last pick so far at 412, I took Miles Gaskin, who I thought had fallen. Um, he went to the Colts in the sixth round, which isn't particularly attractive, but and hopefully everyone knows that you know I, I do think Marlon Mack can be a very solid running back in this league. I think he proved that last year well enough. But, you know, Gaskin was someone who's productive in college, maybe a little too many touches, maybe not as dynamic as we'd like. But um, in the fourth round to the Colts, I don't mind taking a player of that position. Um, and then we have yet to find out what happens next. So, seriously, Jake, anyone in the fourth round uh, that you want to talk about a little bit more? I think Jalen Hurd is intriguing, again, but in the fifth round to the Ravens, not really. Um, you know, he was a converted running back, transferred to Baylor. Um, actually showed, you know, he's he's a little raw, but he's he is athletic. I think for just tr- converting to wide receiver, he actually showed well on tape. So I think he's an intriguing player probably in the fourth round. Uh, recall Armstead, you know, kind of has a pretty well-rounded profile. I don't love his tape, but I think it's relatively solid. I think the upside's pretty limited there, but... Fourth round of the Bears in a decent landing spot. You know, I, I do like Mike Davis for this season. I think Mike Davis would hold on to that role if this is the kind of player that they drafted there for at least this season. Tyree Jackson is just kind of a flyer. Alexander Madison broke my heart, both in the mock right. and this mock. Uh, Dane Brugler's mock and this mock. But again, Denver Broncos, uh, they have my guy Philip Lindsay there. They did spend a third-round pick on Royce Freeman, but I think Alexander Madison's a much better player than Royce Freeman personally. Um, so I think he could have a shot there, you know, because new coaching staff, Philip Lindsay's, you know, might not even be ready for training camp, it sounds like. That injury is a little bit more serious than I think was let on. Ryan Finley, you know, you said it, Garoppolo, next Garoppolo to the Patriots. Uh, why not, I guess, worth a shot. We talked about Darwin Thompson. We talked about Josh Oliver. I do like him there. Um, Buffalo Bills, meh, but fourth round, uh, why not? Bryce Love, I'm not the biggest fan, but again, fourth round, I don't mind that at all. Going to the Cowboys, he'll be the handcuff to Zeke. Dylan Mitchell's a player that I do like a little bit, but fifth round of the Cardinals. Demarcus Lodge, yeah, don't don't all these guys feel like priority free agents on your dynasty waiver wires after right. the rookie draft? Um, I will say that uh, Matt Spencer from he's a man behind Sports Saber Metrics. If you ever visited that website, um, he's actually mentioned to me he's pretty high on Jalen Hurd. He thinks he graded out pretty well as a running back according to his PSI score. He calls it, um, and he's a converted wide receiver, so he is coming in later, um, with some you know, uh. Awkward career path compared to most rookies, but um, he's someone that stood out to Matt. Matt has uh, some pretty good metrics on that. So, yeah, um, uh, interesting to see you mention his name, too. All right, so that's our mock so far. Um, what I'm noticing is these running backs, if they get stuck 
in middling situations really seem to rocket down the board. And especially if like the best ones get stuck behind the best NFL running backs, it's really going to tank this draft class a little bit. And therefore, again, continue to push those wide receivers up. So I think... You know, I really want to tie down some of my later round wide receivers and really tie down some of my evaluations on later tight end and later running backs as well because um, having uh, more in-depth opinions on those guys made this draft a little bit easier. And if if this mock is anything close to true, well, one, we're going to spend three months tilting over how the NFL draft went. I really do think. But uh, yeah, do you, did you have any other takeaways from it? I think the takeaway is like, Again, I think this this mock is honestly could be pretty similar to the way we see the real NFL draft go. Um, you know, some players will go higher, obviously. Some players won't go to the same situations. But I honestly think that this class is not very good. We've been saying it for quite a while. And this would just really confirm. like Because there are going to be some really bad landing spots here. Like, I don't think that's really an argument that you can make that you know all these guys are going to have great landing spots so you mix some draft capital a little bit lower than you'd anticipate some bad landing spots and all of a sudden this draft class really shows its true colors. I, I was <laughs> I, I didn't mean what i said at the start as well that it's not a bad exercise to go through like right now everyone's interested in marks everyone wants to tout their favorite player but if you force yourself to consider these terrible landing spots like from someone else so you don't get to choose them like get a group of friends together and just draft if that was a real one it really does force you to accept something that is beyond our control and try to make decisions based on something we know is not going to go really the way we want it to because it never does um like i'm really happy that i managed to sneak into this draft here because it really did get me to reconsider this class in a different way so thanks for putting it together jake um i think it was a really good idea hopefully everyone listening got something out of it if it's if, if only riley ridley hate the, the awkward thing about that is i'm still editing out his name from our podcast so no one's gonna know who we're talking about um i might have to leave it in that's very sad for me <laughs> but yeah um thanks for coming down to the crossroads and joining us for this podcast i hope you had fun found some sort of value in it um i've had fun like i always do and like i do every week and i will see you again on the next one later jj i'll see i see you go what jj yeah JJ. chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so Jake on the table and they on the plays though Pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye, eye like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so Terry, Terry, Terry No, Trey, uh, let's just call him Trey <laughs>
Alexander Matters, it broke my heart, both in the mock and this mock. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. 